You're listening to Counterculture on RCR. You are with Counterculture here on Reality Check Radio with Marie. Joining me now is Mike Shaw, spokesperson for Massive. So this does sound fairly massive, Mike. Uh, Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Excellent. So for our listeners, what is Massive? Massive. Okay, Massive um, is, uh, I think, the technical term, an acronym acronym for, and the, um, the, the letters in the name mean Men Against Sexual Violence, and then also um, speak out, intervene, and educate. So we throw those through those together and uh, came up with massive. Uh, so back oh, several years ago now, um, Calvin Davis, when he first came into to Parliament as an opposition MP, he had a bit more time on his hands, I would say. And um, he, particularly in the north, he, he got a few guys together and began to talk about some of our concerns in that um, area of sexual violence. The the case up in um, Kaitaia with the principal, um, I don't know if you remember that, but the uh, principal of one of the small rural schools had just been charged with numerous counts of sexual abuse of some of his, well, many of his students. So, yeah, Kelvin, Kelvin was quite motivated. He joined with a few other guys. We had a few events. We got some awareness of uh, sexual violence issues, and that's that's basically where it started. What is your mission now? So there is, I've got some press releases here which we'll cover yeah. off in a minute, but what is the mission and the goal that you have in terms of getting the word out? Okay, well, the principles and the vision that was laid down a few years ago was excellent, really resounded with me and and some of the other blokes up here. But as Kelvin got busier with with the politics, there was a bit of a a a leadership gap, I guess. And uh, so currently we're in the the place of reforming the vision, resetting it, um, getting other groups established in other towns and communities and um, spreading the message, really, and also getting into some of the more practical sides of things rather than just events, actually making some changes, shifting men's thinking, shifting behaviour, lobbying, you know, various various sort of channels, various prongs of attack, if you want to put it that way. Mm. Now, these press releases that you put out was around the sentencing of the Jazz Brothers in Christchurch. Yeah. I, like many New Zealanders, saw when that happened, when that, that case started, and the scale of offending involved in that case, we were all rightfully shocked. Is something like the Jazz Brothers case an isolated incident in New Zealand, or is it more widespread than we believe? We would like to think it was an isolated incident, but I I think that the reality is it is more widespread, that culture of um, predatory behaviour, particularly around the area of alcohol and, and drugs, that kind of mindset of women being objects for sex, sexual gratification, that, that kind of thing. I think it is a lot more widespread in our culture and it goes back several generations. And so this is the sort of stuff that we want to address as men. We want to get the message clear that these kind of negative sexual behaviours, you know, we, we can totally within men's control to eliminate them and, and eradicate that kind of thinking and, and behaviour. Yeah, the, 
probably the the encouraging thing, if there's anything out of the Jazz Brothers uh, case, was the sentencing. I was I was quite depressed <laughs> a day or two before the sentencing. I wasn't expecting the judge to hand down 17 and 16 and a half years. And the reason why I wasn't expecting that was we'd seen quite a lot of weak or soft sentencing going on, even the, even the week prior to that. So it was kind of refreshing to see a decent sentence being handed out. And I think that is one of the things that we're promoting is that the sentencing for sexual crime in New Zealand needs to be toughened up, not so much because of the, the punitive um, aspect, you know, it's, it's not so much um, that, but to get the right messaging across, if there's anything men do understand, we understand the little adage, you do the crime, you do the time. And when there's soft sentencing, it communicates a message that this is something you can get away with. This is something that uh, is not that important. So, no, we were we were really wrapped with that sentencing. I've been in contact with the dad, one of the dads. He, obviously, he, he would have loved to send the whole, the maximum 20 years. But to get 17 and, and 16 and a half, you know, I could hear the, hear the celebration in behind him on that day. It was great. Mm. Uh, really refreshing. I mean, I feel that men have got a lot of challenges ahead of them at the moment, particularly culturally. I mean, there has been a lot of emasculation of men and mm. an over-feminisation. Do you think that, in a way, this aberrant behaviour is a almost a primal frustration from men with that? Or, I mean, do you see a change in behaviour with men due to, like, in the current climate to what it was, say, many years ago? Or... Or is it the internet? I mean, what are the some of the drivers now to this sort of behaviour that may not have been there, say, thirty years ago? Well, I think it's. I actually think it's always been there. You know, uh, I'm I'm fifty nine years old. Uh, I remember, you know, I don't I don't drink now, but back back in my younger days, um, yeah, I was part of that go to the party scene. There has been in our male culture, a connection between alcohol and sex and the, kind of the, the idea that that's somehow acceptable, that if, um, if, the, if the girl's drunk, if she's friendly, you know, sorry to be crude, but, you know, she wants it. Mm. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah we it, have, that doesn't constitute consent, but it, no, yeah. No, but that's sort of been ingrained. Um, I mean, these guys were, what, in their 30s? It's kind of been ingrained in our, in our, in our Kiwi culture that, you know, that that's kind of acceptable to go out Get, you know, have a few drinks, look for the easy lay, that kind of thing. You know, we had we had nicknames for, you know, various drinks, you know, gin was the leg opener, that kind of stuff. So I do actually think that it's always been there. The date rape drugs adds another layer of deviancy to that. And the internet pornography adds is an aggravating factor as well. So that's that's all that's all there. You know, like most men, you know, most men we're not rapists, we're not we're not deviants, but there is that underlying kind of locker room, if you want to call it, you know, attitude that needs to change. And mm. I think, I think, um, you know, you've talked you've talked about the feminization of men. Yeah, that's that's that is a problem in in the sense of uh, some men feel powerless and therefore they act out in a way to try and regain power. But also I gotta I gotta say the overall attitudes around consent, I think overall, have improved. And uh, the, the younger generation coming through, there's some improvements in, in attitudes, but the pornography undermines and sort of works against that too. About 
of all pornography now is denigrating a woman, has aspects of violence and that kind of stuff in it. It's interesting you bring that up because I've had interviews with Denise Ritchie, as you know, and yeah. but also most recently Ali Marie Diamond from Wahine Toa Rising, and mm. she said porn has a massive impact because she said the change in the pornography and the access to the pornography has created an unrealistic expectation in men's minds of what constitutes sexual intercourse or a sexual Mm. relationship. And that is a concern, I think, as parents. I mean, I've got two teenage sons and I've said to them about the porn and both my boys have said, oh, mum, it's everywhere. Yeah, that's right. So 11 years old now is when when children are accessing pornography it's a lot of it's violent it's den- it's denigrating and that you know scientifically you know, it can be shown that that actually rewires your brain it sends those neural patterns and it's just unhealthy um, my children are telling me about friends of theirs whose husbands can't can't sexually perform because of the damage that pornography has done it's all gone all messed up. So in an interview a couple of weeks ago, the interviewer, you know, sort of went down the down the path of, you know, are you are you looking for censorship? Are you looking for change of law? I think that's somebody else's battle. But what we want to communicate to our male peers is that pornography is something that you need to be aware of as, as harmful and it is something that you can control. You can limit your access of porn- to pornography. You can eradicate it. Uh, if you choose to. Uh, not always easy because of the addictive nature of it, the dopamines and all that kind of stuff, but we need to get rid of that idea that it's a harmless activity. It's, mm. it's not, yeah. Sorry, it's wrong on several levels, yeah. Mm. You've got a quote here, forget excuses, men choose rape. We need to change our Kiwi culture. Drugs, alcohol and sex don't go together. Women and children are not objects of sexual gratification to be preyed upon. This is a male problem, and as men, we need to rise to the challenge and address this courageously together. Mm. Well, that's right. I mean, we would like to think that the Jazz Buzzers brothers are just some sort of, you know, weird aberration that, uh, you know, you'll get there from time to time, you know, uh, a couple of sickos. But uh, if we're to believe that statistics said one in four women will experience sexual abuse sometime in their life, that's a lot of men primarily, who have crossed a, li- a line and, and, uh, and gone into an area of violation and, and uh, criminality. That's more than just a handful of blokes. So. But the more disturbing number, I think, within that one in four is that 97% of the men are known to the victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the myth is that the sexual perpetrator is, you know, the creepy jazz brothers or the creepy the creepy guy with the trench coat or that kind co- that co- That's the myth. The reality is these are our friends, our brothers, our uncles, our fathers, our grandfathers, you know, men we know, men that we can be a positive influence on uh, by the way we behave and by the way the messaging that we give to each other and pull each other up on our behaviours and start to shift that attitude of entitlement. Yeah. Mm. You're, you're in the far north, and which is a stunning part of the country. Mm. You're, you're up there. And... The sense of community is always something that sets provincial New Zealand apart. But do you think in recent years the disol- well, the dissolving of that sense of community has actually driven a lot of this offending underground or men aren't able to have those really healthy 
mateship relationships with other peers, which then model positive good behavior. So then they're turning to the internet, they're turning to porn. And when an opportunity presents itself, they make poor decisions. Are you seeing that out in the wider community away from the cities? Or is that just something that is could be happening anywhere? Could be happening anywhere. We have, I think probably we have some of our, our um, you know, more uh, rural and unique type situations in, in the small towns in terms of intergenerational things that go on. And that need to be addressed, but I think it's I think it's it's not really a provincial city type of an issue in terms of sexual offending. Mm. It's not it's not an ethnic thing. Um, you know, once again, you know, we'd like to we'd like to sit in our porch in Parnell and say, you know, it's those um, rough guys from the east coast or it's those um, mm. Maoris from up north. You know, they need to buck up their ideas. But you know, when you see ones like um, uh, what's the businessman? What was his name? Briley. Business roundtable, uh, well-respected businessman, sexual offender. The other, the other fellow with the arts thing recently. It touches all social economic areas, all ethnicities, and the, the common the common factor is men. So whether whether we're a bunch of guys, you know, at the rugby league club having a having a few beers, or whether we're um, you know corporate business office and down open something, we need to. These are the things that we need to um, address as men educate ourselves and believe that we can change and that we mm. can influence this there's too much silence too much collusion too much you know we just keep to our keep to mm. ourselves and won't won't have those uncomfortable conversations where do you start having those conversations our strategy is to have some events like we recently had an event 60 60 guys came to it we made it safe for them we were the kind of the topic of the event was um sexual trafficking and uh, what one of my friends is doing in that space overseas so it's a little bit safer it's not so personal but you get together and um, you hear the hear the presentation and then with the meal and the drink and whatnot uh, you, you start to have those one-on-one deeper conversations we've got to also recognize that often or more often than we realize that men are victims of sexual abuse and there needs to be places they can go so one of the groups that we support, I think it's called uh, Male Survivors Aotearoa, and that's for male victims of sexual abuse. So you can start to own some of your own stuff and get some healing, get some support in that area. So it's just making it, you know, like years ago was, you know, drink, drink driving was was not considered very serious, and but we've changed that. Years ago, smoking cigarettes was was considered normal and we've changed that mentality. So, you know, we, we're hopeful that we can actually begin to change mentalities by having consistent conversations, consistently putting a new standard in, getting men to adopt that thinking, uh, speaking to the younger generation, changing the older generation's thoughts about, about these issues. So we're hopeful uh, that we can change things. It's not in, in, inevitable that we continue to have these high rates of abuse. It's um, It's totally changeable, but it's men are the key mm. to men men need to be part of the conversation so too many times you'll have a seminar on um sexual violence or something and it'll be filled with women which is great it's us the brothers we need to pull each other up hold each other to account commit to commit to change commit to better behaviors what so if anyone out there is listening to this and they're wanting to get more information about what it is that you are doing where do they need to go to find that information yeah well at this stage um Maria, we're we're really 
and an organic organization. We we do have a Facebook page, uh, Men Against Sexual Violence, massive. Uh, I'm, I'm not even the admin on it, <laughs> but uh, we're so organic at this stage. We don't have an office. We, we're under-resourced, but this, it's almost at this stage a conversation and an idea that's forming and growing and gaining momentum. So the best thing they could probably do to be is to text me and mm-hmm. uh, and we and, will have those details. So if anyone yeah, wants to get those details, directly. yeah, for Mike, mm. contact us at inbox at realitycheck.radio and the wonderful Liz will get that out to you so we can make sure we can do that for you, Mike. Great. Because that's what I mean, that's what we literally did with this dad, you know, down in Christchurch. Yeah, you know, called him up. Hey, brother, he, you know, good on you. You're standing strong with your daughter. You know, we want to support you. So we're able to help him with the press, some of the press releases, give him some moral support. In a man's context, sometimes it's just the moral support and um, you know, not not so much the professional therapist or the professional counsellor, you know, but just a mate mm. that comes along and says, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk with you in this, you know, bro. And we're gonna yeah, we're gonna try and get justice for your daughter or we'll get you that help that you need. It's those kind of conversations that men seem to respond to. And it's a little hard, a little hard to quantify it, you know, as to how effective it is and that kind of thing. But the clinical model has some limits. And uh, so we're, yeah, this one's, we're not, we're not professionals. We're not, we're not trained. We have access to all those guys. So we can say, Hey, you know, we can connect you up with so-and-so and or we can get you on the ACC or whatever. And um, get, uh, we, we know a detective you can talk to that sort of thing, but it's just having some other men who are not judging you. And are going to walk walk with you. Yeah, yeah. The other aspect, Marie, that's 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 out there is you know we've got a lot of good guys, fathers, grandfathers, uncles whose um, you know children or, or nieces or whatever have have been um, offended against, and there's an anger in these men as to what to do about it, and we want to channel channel that anger into a productive way that's um, not harmful to themselves or anybody else, but actually helps them on their journey of, of healing and for their family. So there's mm. some really good things happening and some models we're kind of developing. Absolutely, because I guess too, as you said, channeling that is important because there would be a certain level of guilt, wouldn't there, if they yeah. found out that someone close to them had had an experience like that, that they felt that they couldn't protect them. But it isn't about that. There is no blame in that respect, is there? It's a You need no. to yeah. Yeah, ensure that they have the ability to, as you said, channel that energy and um, yeah. into something positive. Oh, look, it's been, it's been great to chat to you. This is Mike Shaw from Massive, Men Against Sexual Violence. As he said, check them out on their Facebook page. Or if you want his phone number, do send us either a text to 2057 or an email to inbox at realitycheck.radio. Hey, look, thank you for giving up your time this morning, Mike. I'll let you get back to that good old uh, Bar North Sunshine. <laughs> the winterless north. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you. You're listening to Counterculture on RCR. Reality Check Radio.